0: Things throughout your career you know you've been criticized it seems to no. me me criticised. what a shocker <laughs> um, it seems like it's getting more brutal I mean they're particularly brutal in the last year or so mm. have you noticed that and no why why do you think that is I mean is there a Madonna backlash I think it I think there's a kind of bitterness in 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 people Um, and a kind of jealousy and envy when they see that someone is happy and doing what they want to do in their life and actually making money or earning a living at it. Now I don't think that I go around flaunting the fact that I'm rich or that I have money but um, I absolutely I absolutely do do what I want with my life you know if if I buy a house and I want to paint it pink, that's what I do, you know. If I want to write a book about my sexual fantasies, that's what I do. When people are afraid of, of you or your ideas, <clears throat> they it's their instinct to want to quiet you and get rid of you, and they will do it any way they can by starting rumors that you that you're dying of a terminal illness, to uh, to saying that that you've had plastic surgery to saying that you're old or you're ugly or you're untalented they will do anything they will resort to anything and and um i've just really gotten to the point now where i just i just think i mean the absurdity of it all is that now people are starting to write like 10 page articles about how my career is over with and I, i sit there and i think well Why are you writing about it? I mean, why, if everything I do is so abysmally boring and dull and you're not interested, then why have you taken the time to actually sit down? You know what I mean? Because I I do remember a time when I didn't have so many enemies so many years ago.
1: Hi, this is Kenny. And this is Mark. And this is all I want to do is talk about Madonna.
2: Final episode of season two, 1988 to
1: 1993. The girly show And what a great way to end uh, The girly show The girly show The tour that Happened in 1993 <laughs> Oh no No, no, no I actually love this tour Um, This tour is uh, one
2: of the Shortest tours she ever did She yeah. only did 39 shows Over like
1: 3 months It was yeah. very quick and she only played American, she only played like three places in America.
2: Yeah, she played um, Philadelphia, she played Madison Square Garden, and she played Auburn Hills in Detroit. Michigan. Yeah. She never went west. No. Um, at the time, Madonna said she wanted to go to all the places where
1: her enemies were. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think that that's somewhat true. I also think they were like, "Oh, well, let's go to all these global places we've never been yeah, to before." Yeah, but you can feel that there's a certain defiance in this show that is partly about the dates they chose and where.
2: And our conversation today is going to be based around the um, the dates she did in early December of 1993 when they recorded it live uh, and it put it on HBO, like they did with the Blind Ambition tour, and it was called Madonna: The girly Show. Madonna down. Under. Wonder. And um, what's great about this and noteworthy is it's she has another like 15, 14 or 13 dates left. So she's mid-concert tour, not at the end, and her voice sounds incredible. Yep. Incredible. She, she's going for broke.
1: Yeah, and... Um, and sometimes in tune, <laughs> <laughs> um, mostly in tune. Yeah. I think it's it's a pretty good live performance. The parts that she does live, and yeah. There's there's more noted. Well, no, I guess it's similar to Blonde Ambition, where there's just times where she's singing to track. You know, yeah. Um, I think a couple other things to note, and I think you sort of are building on this, is one, um, Chris Ciccone um, is fully in charge now of the whole look of the show, which he was with Blonde Ambition, but it, this seems like it's just Madonna and he figuring out like yeah. what the design of the show is, for better and worse. Mm-hmm. I also think you're right that she figured out from Blonde Ambition, like, oh, I really like that moment at the end of Now I'm Following You, where I got to go off stage for a while, um, and have some breath. So she's putting in, which becomes part of the Madonna touring canon from now on. We have these featured moments of dancers. You yeah. Know. Um, I also think that in, for me, the girly show is like um, the best of blonde ambition or parts of the best of blonde ambition. And she also went back to some of the, th- the simplicity of who's that girl in a way that because it is more of a and it's a stadium tour whereas I think Blonde Ambition played stadiums but it also played in other kinds of places however what I think is also interesting about this tour and um, I'll be interested to hear what you think about this I was watching this interview um, in Montreal with Christopher Ciccone and
2: We laughed a lot here in Montreal because we heard that Madonna wanted to play in an intimate theater, so she chose uh, Olympic Stadium. <laughs> and instead of being no, 60,000 60, people, they put 52,000
3: people.
0: <laughs> um, originally, we had talked about doing smaller theaters, but uh, the show is more intimate. It's, that, it, that's what's more intimate about it, the show, not the stadium, obviously. There's nothing intimate about this
1: show. No. Which brings me to what um, a bold statement I'm going to make, which I believe that the Girly show is the, the mother or grandmother of Madame X, meaning yeah, yeah. that they're connected yes, I, they are. I feel like the girly show, if it had been in a small theater, would have mm. been like it felt like it was made for an intimate space.
2: Uh, some great things, and and I felt the same way rewatching it uh, to to have this conversation about how Madame X really is what the girly it, it, it has that same kind of like I have made a great record I want to showcase that record I want to build the tour around that experience yes. not just kind of go out and do my hits. Um, and so the show is the most theatrical. The girly show is the most theatrical tour we get from Madonna. And and it's still like a, a show, like a like a stage show, in a way that when she comes back in Drowned World, Reinvention, et cetera, et cetera, the touring model has changed. There's now video, there's now lots of lots of extra things. This is still basically Madonna, Nikki and Donna. The, that core of dancers who I think are, have less personality than the Blonde Ambition dancers, but I think are better dancers. And then that band, that amazing Jay Windig-led uh, yes. band. Oh,
1: that's the other thing I wanted to say. First time she's on tour without Patrick Leonard. Correct.
2: First time she's on tour without Patrick Leonard. And that the band that Jay puts together, which includes Paul Pesso on guitar, who comes out several times with his beautiful yes, long hair, yes. and um, all these amazing percussionists. There's like yes. two drummers. It, it 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 is not the funk fabulous band that's on the SNL show but, but it's it, close. it it's definitely has it gives the songs from erotica a funkier tone and also helps to her to successfully pretty much with one exception reinvent all of the hits in the show
1: yeah she really loves this and she talks about in an in interview for MTV
2: working with this band
0: that i have getting uh, rehearsing for this tour, I had so much fun making new arrangements to all of my songs that um, I'm, I'm thinking of doing a live album with, with the musicians that I've been working with. I'm, thinking of, I'm also I'm thinking of writing stuff. I haven't written with musicians that way for a really long time. I usually just like write with a person I'm co-producing with and it becomes very insulated and, and um, I kind of like the idea of writing stuff with live musicians kind of the
1: old-fashioned way. Obviously, she doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. But I think it's interesting that that was her sensibility of, like, she was really into the live feel.
2: Yeah, and I love in this this show also, like, she's still featuring the band. Like, everyone gets their little shout-out at the end of the show. And everyone gets their little solo. uh, So in this way, it's kind of the last time Madonna plays by the old-school touring model. Uh, before we get into these, into the bigger, you know, when she's flying, she's doing all kinds of things in in drowned world. Um, but it, it's a very theatrical tour, and it w- you're right, it would have fit in a small in smaller venues. It would have fit on a stage with some modifications, obviously. But like this idea of the catwalk and those extra spaces on the sides. And and it's basically a pretty small show once you get away from all the bells and whistles of the design.
1: Yeah. I mean, the biggest revelation of the design, I think, is the thrust. Yeah. Yeah. And the the higher level where we see those tableaus, yeah, you know, at the frequently. beginning, yeah, and a couple other times, but mostly at the beginning, yeah.
2: Well, and I think the thrust is something that's really important because yeah. it, it, she she spends so much time out there, closer to the audience, and yet she's playing the. I mean. The the stadium that she's playing in Australia when the video is shot, it's 45,000 people. Yeah. So I, I would say maybe 5,000 of them actually could see yeah. the show.
1: Well, Donna Delory has this really funny thing she says about like, you know... Um, if I put on a blonde wig, from where anybody's sit- sitting, like you wouldn't know if it were me or Madonna. or Madonna. Like it's just you can't barely see it. You actually saw the girly show. I did. This is your first Madonna. This concert. was my first
2: Madonna concert. So I, I went to Auburn Hills, Michigan. I drove with with a friend from from uh, school uh, secretly. My family does not know I did this.
1: <laughs> <gasps> How old were you? <laughs>
2: Um, it was 1993, so I was um, I was going to be um, 17 that year.
1: Oh, yeah, the edge of 17. Uh, yeah,
2: it was it was quite heady, and uh, and I did. I went with the, the 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 guy that I bought the This Used to Be My Playground" maxi <laughs> single, kiss single.
1: Um, Wait, and, was this your first boyfriend? Uh,
2: yeah, I, I, he wasn't a boyfriend. He was a romantic. Uh, we we were we were romantic together.
1: And was he into Madonna too? I he mean, he was very into
2: Madonna. Uh-huh. He was very into Madonna, and was somebody who was very much. Um, uh, encouraging of it and Mm. he was in college at the time with a car so he he and I rendezvoused and then whisked away to in October it was the fall I remember because I I remember driving through Ohio towards Michigan with the windows down and and smelling all the fall
1: stuff Wow!
2: Very excited and listening to
1: erotica the whole way. Of course, getting ready, getting ready. Yeah, totally. Well, what was your experience of seeing the show?
2: I mean, it was it was a smaller venue than um, than um, the obviously the state. I think it was like it may have sat fifteen thousand people. Mm. It was it was a stadium though, Um, and we were. I would say we were not as close as as we were to say um Madonna during the Madame X show but we were i mean we could see it was Madonna we we were we were on the kind of like a side we were on one of the sides in the stadium we weren't on the floor mm. those were expensive seats
1: yeah they still are yeah. i mean they were still are. Yeah yeah. yeah 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 yeah
2: it was amazing i mean i you know i think i was very bored by the interludes cuz i was not ready of course. for um the interludes but now and then I remember seeing the concert on on HBO and being blown away by the, by the interludes because I could actually see how they were theatrically presented.
1: Interesting. You know, I just telling you the truth, I just fast-forwarded through the interludes <laughs> when getting ready for this episode.
2: Oh, no. Oh, Those poor choreographers. I don't
1: enjoy the interludes. The only time I've the, when I saw them in Madame X, I actually really enjoyed the interludes. Yeah. I think because we were so close, but frequently I'm just like,
2: uh, Yeah, but they're all part of it.
1: I don't know. They're all part of I'm it. I'm just there for Madonna.
2: Well, and and the other <laughs> thing about this show that's really interesting, which is, this is similar to the Deeper and Deeper video. Uh, this is a Rolodex of Madonna influences. She basically throws everything that was exciting to her. And Christopher. The, and Christopher Ciccone, um into this. And, you know, obviously we should talk about Chris. Chris Christopher Ciccone is, is Madonna's younger brother. He appears in Truth or Dare. He um, is part of Madonna's inner creative circle at this time um, and is kind of uh, a problematic figure overall, I would say.
1: Yeah, I mean, especially later, you know, when yeah. he writes the book and everything. But this is the peak of his power, which yes. was probably problematic. And in meaning, like, in the interview that I saw, he was very rude. yeah. Um, you know, like, and I was like, oh, is he not a nice person?
2: And uh, how is it to work with your sister? Is it harder or easier?
1: Harder or easier than what?
0: <laughs>
3: well, I didn't, then when you're not working with your sister no, than a the normal uh, person, you
0: know? It's it's like working in the eye of a hurricane, basically. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. <laughs> basically.
2: And, uh, okay, I know that uh, you, you, like, design the whole stage and everything. Did you have the idea of how the girly show would look like, or did Madonna have the idea and then tell you what she wanted?
0: We had the idea together, you know. We worked together.
2: So. Well, I think, and and again, this is kind of where we're at with Madonna. Madonna is um, uh, kind of smarting off a body of evidence. The backlash is in full force, and um, and she's going to do what she does best, which is, do live performances and hit the road. But the show, it it, it feels, it, this, this tour feels like it's a job. Really? You think so? I think so because it's only three and a half months. It's a very finite thing they're doing. It doesn't, and yet the show itself, I find to be really creative and interesting. I totally
1: agree. I mean, I think, I don't know, you know, she again in interviews talks about how happy she is and how much she's enjoying it. She also talks about as soon as the tour is over, she's taking some time off. And the person's like, you're going to take a year off? And she's like, well, I don't know about a year. But she's like, I'm definitely going to go have some fun. I'm going to go to basketball games. She talks about, which she really does. She does. Um, But uh, I felt like the tour was this length because after doing the assessment of where what her market was going to give yeah. her this was where the market was and she's like great we'll do these huge venues and we'll do it quick and we'll you know
2: and, and also i mean um it, the the stage show itself physically it took 3 days to put it yeah. together yeah. and um and i don't think she's at the point yet where she's doing two different sets are going because right. la- in later years Madonna has double sets so she has one set that's being put down in a city and getting set up while she's in another city with the first set right. doing the show so then she just got to make to speed it up um, this is one set one thing, they have to go to the place they have to set it up, they, that takes three days and then she does the shows and then right. they got to pick it up and do it again And so
1: they're going all over the world so they have all those different outlets to deal with yeah all it, those different plugs <laughs> 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 We didn't bring any European plugs no, I know okay the other <laughs> thing
2: the other thing I remember about that that uh, night in, um, in October of 1993 in Michigan, besides making out very inappropriately during one of those interludes, um, was, um, how much people complained that there weren't enough of her hits uh-huh. throughout the show.
1: Well, that is a, that is a majorly interesting thing. Cause like you said, she does, I think seven or eight of the songs from erotica. Yeah. Um, and to her credit. Yes, to her credit. Yeah. And in a way I actually feel like some of the hits shouldn't have been in the show. Interesting. Like I kind of wish it had been more now looking yeah. back. Maybe at the time I would have been like, "Where is so You know, I don't remember how I felt when I saw it on TV, but
2: well, and if you look at the set list, I mean, it, she because it, I think of I think of like okay, they're thinking we've never been to Australia, we've never been to ex- these countries, we have to give them a song from each of the albums. Yeah, and I think that's Which why they like do. La Isla Bonita's in there. That's the song from True Blue she wanted to do. There's a song you know she does like a Virgin from like a Virgin. Yeah, she does. She does Everybody and Holiday yes. from yes. from uh, Madonna. Like she does express herself Justify from like a. Life. Love, she she, she hits all of yeah. the rec- all of the different records, so yeah. that everyone who's never been able to see her before ha- gets a, a, a sampling, totally a poo-poo platter of Madonna hits.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is one of my criticisms about the tour, and I do blame Christopher Ciccone for this. But I probably you have not- an
2: axe to grind. Tell me what what, well, what listen, is so problematic about the creative director, Christopher Ciccone? Well,
1: I feel like he. I don't know, you know, and truthfully, I don't know what was different between this tour and the Blonde Impish tour, as far as like how much input he had, or there were other people involved. For some reason, when I think about the Girly Show, I feel like he had more power, um, and that he that I feel like the show is missing at times a cohesiveness in the sections that I feel like, like I actually think that the like it's really in one section. It's in the. Um, in the cabaret section where I feel like things go off in a very strange way or like, Mm. and I feel like some of the sequencing of the songs don't quite bring me to the, like a similar places I felt like with are moments when I'm watching it where I'm bored. And I didn't feel that wow. way in Blonde Ambition, or where I'm like, okay, I'm ready to, I'm gonna, I would like to skip over this and get to the next thing, or this well, is a weird choice. I don't well, know why you, did you this. Let me ask you this
2: how much of that is the expectation, is the mammoth size expectation that Blonde Ambition set? Because all of the reviews, the mixed reviews for this show in their world, I mean, particularly ironically in Australia, I went back and looked at the reviews. From all the Australian press, and um, everyone was kind of like, "Eh, it was a fine show, but she, you know, she's not as shocking as you think she is." And da
1: da da da. Yeah, I mean, I guess I think at the time, I mean, if if I were if I hadn't rewatched it, and it was just like, "What do you think of the girly show?" I think I would have been mixed. I'm more positive watching it again but we also have
2: how many tours in hindsight as yeah. well. we know what she's capable of doing and, and there's a different
1: energy level yeah. and i just love her physicality in this show yeah. and i love the music i think the sound of the music in the yeah. space is amazing but i think like i really take issue which we'll get to like the interpretation of vogue of holiday justify my love those songs to me like really um do something weird in the context of this concert where they really stop things for me as opposed to bringing them forward mm. and I don't feel that way about the erotic tracks I feel like the erotic tracks are exactly what I wanted yeah um and so and even everybody I mean everybody's one of the greatest endings of a Madonna show yeah. you know um yeah. so and she flirted with that again during the confessions yes, uh, yes. the promo tour
2: and yes. I, I kind of wish she had kind of included that cuz I loved I'd forgotten how amazing that was, and that's the next time she ever. That's the last time she'd ever done it. Yeah. So for now, um, let's go back to her physicality for a minute, because that's the thing that this time I really was blown away by was the dancing. How she is in the best shape she ever was was during that. She is all muscle. Oh god. There's nothing. There's nothing flabby. There's nothing extra on our friend Madonna during this she is a tour she is she is built and structured to tour this record yes it's extraordinary to watch and her energy level and i and i'm thinking of a moment so in the second section, which was the Studio Fifty Four section, she and Madonna and she and Nikki and Donna by themselves have sung um, "Express Yourself." A fantastic version of "Express yes, Yourself." Yes, one of my favorites. And then they're transitioning into deeper and deeper, and they go to get their feather boas. Yeah, and I think. Each of them, Nikki and Donna, both took a moment to like catch their breath, get a sip of water. Madonna grabs that boa and starts going (laughs) because she cannot be stopped. And I do feel like that there's something thrilling about her performance overall in the show because she is, instead of, Feeling the world is against her, and she's going to write a a, a a bad song about it and whine about it. She's out there doing the work to like prove them wrong.
1: Oh yes, yes. There's yes.
2: nothing better than Madonna working her butt off nonstop. Even even backstage, she's like changing and. Wiping the sweat down and reapplying her makeup and everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's an extraordinary physical performance. And when I when I um, talk to people about Madonna's dancing, this is the performance I I send them to.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think it's a, it's a super beautiful dance performance. She's the silhouette she's created or or worked on is phenomenal. There's one moment where it's in that section where you can see like her abs, and it's like oh my god the body but it also looks like it's worked on but it also looks kind of like she's well she looks like a olympian she's an athlete the 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 short hair i mean she says a whole story about how her hair was falling out because she kept dying it and whatever so she was
2: pink and she dyed it and she she wanted it yeah
1: and like she's like oh so i just gave myself a haircut or i had to
0: tell me about your hair though why did you decide to have it all cut off well don't hmm. have to wash it the last time <laughs> <laughs> honey listen I didn't wash it when it was glowing, okay um, when last time you saw me when you came to Miami my hair was hot pink mm-hmm. I went through this pippy long stocking phase where I just had to have like pink red hair and braids and bangs and when I dyed my hair with all these crazy colors it really um, I sort of gave myself a haircut because then I tried to make it blonde again and my hair started to break off everywhere and so um I kind of gave myself a haircut whether I liked it or not and then for the tour I just wanted something clean and after I cut all the dancers' hair I was trying to decide what I wanted to do with my hair and I thought of having it dark like in my rain video but then I didn't want to have the same color hair as all the dancers so I cut it short and kept it this color and then I'm going to um have it dark when the tour's over with
1: but the haircut too Um, which I love, you know, I'm always like, oh, Nikki Finn, the short hair, the short hair. But in this, I love the hair. And I love the sense that it's just like, I'm here to work, I'm here to play. I wanted to keep it simple. My favorite silhouette of her in the show is when she's just in like shorts and like kind of a bra, you know, top, like, and nothing else. This is, I I think she could have done the whole show like that. I wouldn't have minded it. In that section, too, like, we can just see like all the sweat, you know, and I love that, too. The work. The work. the
2: work of it. And it's it 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 makes uh, when i was a young person being like god that's what it takes that's what it takes to do this and that's what it takes to fill that space because she's playing a stadium and yeah. Whatever you want to say about the show, I don't think anybody in Sydney, for example, left that tour being left that night being like, God, Madonna walked through that.
1: No, she definitely, no. And that is what's it is beautiful. She's really giving yeah. it all. I agree.
2: Well, do you want to talk about the, the show? Yeah,
1: yeah. So I, I told you yesterday um, or right before, before we recorded that I had gone through the set list and I had given each song a grade. Or each performance a grade, part of the like, and I have a rubric. Um, this is very up the down staircase. <laughs> I swear to God. Um, you obviously don't have to use this rubric, but I'm just saying these are the things that I was looking. Yeah, at.
2: Yeah, I'd like to know what you 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 kind of consider what the what the factions. Okay,
1: were. I put six in, and there may be more, and I'm happy to add another one because we can always adjust these grades. Oh boy! Um, Get up. first was the vocals then arrangement, like how they were arranged, uh-huh. or how the sh- this music was arranged, the performance itself, meaning the theatricality, the interpretation, okay. whatever that was. Okay, okay. costume. Very which, important. Yes, the okay. visuals, which really goes to performance, but I'm saying whatever the other visuals were, and mm. then dancing. Okay. All right, okay?
2: let's see how this goes. Okay. I'm, I'm intrigued.
1: All right.
3: The girly show itself, the the title, yeah. uh, where was that inspired by? Or what was it inspired by? Um, a combination First of all, that is a, a, a painting that Edward Hopper did. Mm-hmm. He's one of my favorite paintings. Do you own this painting? I don't own it, but I would like to own it. I'm uh, It's very expensive, and um, I'm sort of, you know... On your table. <laughs> well, I'm not... No, I'm hey, not no, 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 a joke. I'm not centrist, though, and I no. don't like to throw my money away. So, actually, if I make enough money on this tour, it's going to be my reward. I'm going to buy it for myself, because it's available. And I have had it hanging in my mm. house. It's just a beautiful, poignant picture of a, um, of a woman in a burlesque house. And like, the audience, the expression on the audience's face and, and the woman on the stage just it really inspired me. And then um, the show actually, the first idea that I had for the show was the poll. The, the, you Notice know, the show opens the current. Which is Sensei. She yeah. wanted a
2: poll and um, she had everybody watch... Um she had Dolce and Gabbana who designed the costumes watch My Fair Lady in Cabaret. Right. And um to kind of get into the mode of it. So those are kind of the overall things. Um, so we start the show uh, with kind of some some Barker music, and um, and the cl- and the clown, the Pierrot. The, the P- how do you say? It? I
1: think it, it's Pierrot.
2: Pierrot. Um, that the, cl- the kind of the clown figure that shows up all through the show, kind of like the narrator.
1: Yeah, but not, but similar to in Cabaret, um, Joel Grey's character. Who's he's more? They're more like. An observer, and also they're yeah they're kind of like more also like commenting in a way, or they're showing yeah. up at like to echo parts, or to be an observer.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that that character kind of comes in and kind of does does a little dance, and then we get the pole dancer,
1: right? Who comes down beautiful.
2: Now, what do you think about the pole, the, the, the the topless pole dancer?
1: I remember, this I remember very clearly when I saw it and being kind of shocked and also totally enticed and also really obsessed with her breasts because we were seeing them and how beautiful they were and how powerful an image it was i thought it was similar to how i feel about the beginning of the erotica album i felt like it was bringing us into this world in a really evocative way
2: and see live it looked confusing and people didn't know what was going on <laughs> 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 and then at, just as she hits the ground and kind of disappears a madonna rises up out of the ground well madonna doesn't dita, dita. Parlo
1: yes. arrives. dita is here
2: and she performs Erotica.
1: lip syncs it, she's on a turntable because the stage also has a turntable. And be, behind and above her are these tableaus of the dancers sort of in like violent
2: erotic yeah, tab- tab- tableaus. Yeah. There's a boxing match, there's yeah. different um, aggressive there's a lot of aggression in the intimacy of those tableaus.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, and again Madonna's contorting her body into all kinds of poses yeah. and all kinds of things are going on
1: with her body. She looks otherworldly, Yeah, I think. I love this beginning. Yeah, I love the the orchestration, which I give an A plus to. Yeah. It's from the, the remix yeah. version of the song. And I don't even take fault with, well, I do grade her on, you know, I take points off for lip syncing because she's speaking. Why couldn't she do this? Um, but I also don't because I think it's such a cool opening and she's on that turntable so she's like, look at me. Right, she's like I, you can totally see me in all these ways, but also I'm this mysterious character.
2: Well, and she's she's surrounded by a, a circle of light, so she's also yeah. removed. She's on display, but also untouchable. She's the yes. go- she's the goddess. Yes, um, and I think the reason she's it, it's a very for all of its simplicity because it's basically Madonna in a circle. There's a lot of complicated design and musical things happening, which is I think why. She doesn't do it live. There's yep. just so much happening in the rhythms and everything of it, and her body is going in all those. I mean, she's got the whip. She's doing all kinds of stuff.
1: Yeah, she's a lot going on. Totally.
2: So it ends. She uh, has a mask on. She has a mask on. Uh, she is Dita Parlo. I
1: give her. I give. I give the opening an A, even though I actually give the vocals an F because she didn't do any. <laughs> I, give, I it an give it an N-A. A. I
2: think. I think it's non-applicable because she's. <laughs>
1: No, the, she gets great for everyone. That
2: effort. would average it out to a C.
1: No, but that's so what I'm saying I, I I then I then um uh put it on a curve okay. Because, okay. Okay. Okay.
2: So then she gets uh she's done with Erotica. She's she's still alone on stage. Yes. And she comes down onto the Thrust for the first time. And so now we realize how close she's going to be. And everyone is freaking out as she comes down because oh my god, Madonna's going Madonna's actually there like in and
1: she's doing that crazy theatrical walk with the sound correct.
2: effect. Yes, the sound effect that one of our darling listeners um, says is from the, the Prince Love Sexy tour. Yeah. Which I think is kind of amazing if I that's know, true. I know,
1: we didn't do our due diligence on that, know. but I believe And I want
2: to shout out our, our, one of our listeners who pointed yeah. that out. And then she takes off her top. She takes off... Uh, she takes off her top? She takes off the the, oh. the, the top thing. Then oh she's yeah, got the black bra. Okay, got it, got yeah, it. Yeah, she it. takes okay. off the top and drops it. Great. And then at the last minute, she pulls up the 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 mask, and it's Madonna.
1: And she gives us a big smile and a like, wink. Here I am, you guys. It's me. We didn't know.
2: And then she sings "Fever" and um, the gorgeous Carlton Woolborne and. Um, the amazing, I think it's Michael Gregory is the other dancer, and they arise from the ground
1: and do the dance with her. Yep. Fabulous number.
2: Fabulous. We talked about it in the Fever episode. It's amazing. It's perfection. Um, I was shocked how long she keeps the gloves on. (laughs) Yeah. They don't take them off of her almost till the end of the song.
1: Yeah. Well, this is classic Madonna too. Like giving, you know, holding on. You know what I mean? Like the the slow striptease.
2: Um, I have a story to tell you. So um, I was um, a, a kid and I learned this dance. With two friends oh, <laughs> to do it shit. in like great, in like, um, we auditioned for a talent show with it. <gasps> do you
1: think? And what happened? We
2: were not allowed to do it. And so we did instead. Now, this is terrible. This is such a tragedy. We learned this complicated dance.
1: But you were 17 doing this dance for yes, talent show. Yes, yes. Oh, and
2: um, they wouldn't let us do it. So instead they were like, why don't you do a more popular Madonna song? And so we did a version of Vogue dressed like cater waiters. They wouldn't even let us wear what we wanted to wear doing this number no it was tragic i i've never gotten over it and i and i refuse to watch the video
1: listen uh, the video of you doing it? a
2: Vogue, yeah. Of course. Yeah. I refuse. Of course. I refuse. I, is it
1: online anywhere? No,
2: it's not. But Nicole <laughs> Steinbeck and Jason Pate, they both have copies of it. So if they're listening, they'll probably it give it to Send it to me.
1: Please send it <laughs> to me.
2: So this ends with Madonna and, and the boys uh, descending into a ball of fire.
1: A-plus performance. A-plus. A plus. Thank goodness, yeah. Kenny. All right. A so, plus. so far,
2: she's A for A with a curve.
1: Yeah. Well, the, the Erotica was on a curve, Fever, no curve, A+. She's
2: live, she's there. It's perfection. And then we get Vogue. Yes. Uh, I think Vogue has become an albatross for Madonna in a lot of ways Mm. because um, she has to constantly... uh, She knows everyone wants to hear it over and over again. And yet, at the same time, she has to find ways for her to do it that feel fresh and interesting for her creatively. And sometimes she does it really well. Other times it feels very perfunctory. Um, this is a version that I think falls between both of those. Okay. Because um, it's, it's relatively early in the life of Vogue. It's only been done in one tour. Now it's like, okay, we've just done two songs from the new record. Here's a big hit. And it's done in this kind of amazing kind of... Um,
1: south asian south
2: asian bolognesian goddess thing she she just puts a little headdress on she looks great i love the headdress i love all the the design oh yeah
1: costumes a plus
2: and this is when everyone kind of arrives like the all of the dancers are there all nikki and don are there everyone is showing up to see full company full company what do you, you 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 seem underwhelmed by it
1: Yes, I'm just going to go through my grading, okay? I think vocals oh is dear. vocals is C because it's very there's not really much of it that's live or it's sort she's of she's singing
2: track. along to the right. track. So that's she's why she gets along, a C. Yeah.
1: I think the arrangement to me is a D. I think it takes out almost all of the interesting parts of the song. It gives us everyone. There's a moment where it sort of rises a little bit, and I'm like, oh, this could be interesting, but they don't follow through on it. I find like I don't need all of this for Vogue. I also don't know that I'm ready for Vogue, honestly, as the third song. So that could be partly what's going on for me is like this song is a showstopper, and now we're doing it in this strange way that is following all these sort of. Balinese-esque moves that I'm not totally feeling. It's like, I don't know how we got to this world. What does this have to do with Dominatrix? I don't see the connection between Fever and this. Um, Performance, I give it an A because I think they're all doing amazing work. I mean, I can't you fault it, and it but,
2: looks amazing. There's a moment when they do a wide shot where you kind of see yes, what it was like yes, to see it live, yes. and you see everyone kind of in the line doing yeah. those kind of jerky. Yeah, and I'm giving I love it those moments. I'm, I'm
1: I am giving it an A, even though I said that the theatricality and interpretation is in, included in that, and so I don't love the interpretation, but I'm still giving it the A because this well, is where I'm a softy. And and
2: and I, I mean I think I, I think at this point she knows she has to do it, and she kind of wants to get it out of the way. Yes, I and, agree. And I also don't know how else at this point you do it except the same way you did it before. And I don't think she wants to do that. Yeah, and I don't think she's ready to kind of like high conceptualize it. I like that it doesn't have. Um, I always think of that into the groove with the car during the sticky and st- sweet tour. Uh-huh. It's not, it, it, she's not cumbersoming it up with some set piece or anything. Right. So it's like, how do you do it with the core dancers and just do the performance yeah. without doing it the way you did it for Blonde Ambition?
1: Right, right. No, I agree. I mean, I thought the dancing was good. I actually didn't put a grade down for the dancing, but I would say it's like a B plus A minus, like meaning I like it, but I, I, it just doesn't take off for me. Got it. And I felt the visuals were okay. I gave them like an A minus. I think I actually put for costumes B because I felt like those headdresses were annoying me. So I actually, but overall, like this was one of the ones that I was like, I can kind of move through this. I don't, I didn't fast forward, but I was kind of like, uh, I gave it a B minus.
2: Okay. All right. Tough grader. Um, But what I do love is I love how it transitions into rain.
1: Yes, 100%. I love the
2: way the the dancers take the headdresses off the women. They shroud them in their black uh, robes. They sit down on the stage. Yes. We're four songs in. This is the fourth song in the show. Yeah. And we get a stunning version of "Rain."
1: Eight plus perfection.
2: And I love it because, and I think it's very telling we get this much emotion and connection between between Nikki and Donna and Madonna, this midway through the tour, this yep. isn't the last show where they're all emotional and moved by that. They're just doing it. They're connected. They're singing it together. Yeah, you can see the dynamic between the three women in a really beautiful way. And throughout this tour, I feel like this is the client. This is the peak of Madonna of Nikki and Donna. Yes. Um, as, as, as as artistic contributors to the tour. A hundred percent. Anytime you see them in the groups, they're never very far from her because they're harmonizing so well with her and yes. they need to be nearby. It, it, this is where it comes to this, this peak. And when um, Nikki Harris and Donna DeLore released that single a couple of years ago as a duo, of course they would pick a, a new version of Rain because I think for them... It's just the three it's of their them song. doing it together on the stage. Madonna is soaked in yep. sweat. She looks. She looks like she's been rained on. It's a stunning performance. A hundred
1: percent agree with you. A hundred percent. I think, as Jonathan Norton said, I mean, this is sort of like they are the Madonna sound, and on this tour, because when we move into the next section too, it's like. Um, It's really, you know, express yourself in deeper and deeper. It's so much about their voices. We hear their voices so clearly. They're so present, more so than they were before this, you know, Um, I 100% agree. Um I love when they break into just my imagination in the yeah. middle it's so beautiful
2: Well and it, and it also it shows it's another um a part of Madonna's uh reference points is yeah. like you know because uh, something that isn't talked a lot about now but is so apparent in the show is that that kind of old school R&B performance style madonna does i mean madonna evokes james brown a lot in this show <laughs> yeah. she evokes she evokes elvis in some ways i mean there's yes. a lot of like old school r&b on the radio from madonna's childhood that she incorporates into this show well this not is a only great moment.
1: yes not only r&b but this gets to um a couple things uh even classic movie musicals yeah because you know the the lore is we're well, not the lore it's a true story that um, she there are multiple choreographers for this tour right yes. that are that choreograph different sections or different yeah. parts, and for rain she had asked Gene Kelly correct to choreograph the dance sequence after the song right yeah. to sort of and um, because she wanted that sense of classic Hollywood you know singing in the rain mm-hmm. sort of feeling right. Um, and then the story goes
2: well he wasn't connecting with the dancers and, and right. he wasn't ready to go and um uh, there was a time limit on it and he kind of needed more he didn't come like he didn't come with like a set like we're going to do this and we're going to build it on you and then we're going to see how it looks he was just kind of like let's explore and they um they were the dance the dance troupe was not in that were not those kinds of dancers. Hmm. And so he basically was was politely and respectfully dismissed.
1: Um, yeah. Interestingly, I heard the story slightly different, so I don't know which <laughs> Interesting. is Interesting. But I'm sure somebody will tell us which is the right way. Um, I heard that he... Well, he complained about the dancers because they were he felt like they were hired more for personality than for skill. Uh-huh. So he was having a hard time getting them to do what he wanted them to do. But also but i don't but the story goes that chris Ciccone was the one that said we need to fire him and madonna said no yeah and was adamant about it yeah. and then like a week later she was like okay i think we do and then she asked christopher to do it
2: this is so from that horrible book <laughs> that everyone keeps making me want to read. His story. Everybody keeps story. telling me, read, my, read life with my sister Madonna. I have it on Audible. I'm slowly but, making my way through. <laughs> he just fooled around with somebody in the basement of his house. I'm oh not. I'm not so this.
1: so jazz. So you don't you don't believe that?
2: Version uh, no, of the story? I, I probably I believe I believe that Madonna held out because Madonna m- more than anything respects old school. Yeah. Hollywood. And he's fucking in the song. Yeah. I mean, he's in vogue. I mean Yeah. I mean yeah. you know, you yeah. can't you right. know, it'd be like having Lauren Bacall in um you know, we, and then, then firing her. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. I mean, and she never references that like, cause she has in another interview, she talks about him watching the, like a virgin part, which we're about to talk about and yeah. talking about Marlena Dietrich and that she was really into it, you know? So it also seems like a hangover from her Hollywood days, which, which seemed like forever ago, but were are yeah. really only a year and a half earlier I where know, she was, I you know. know, in LA with, you know, being part of that scene and she's still holding on to a little bit of that but it's sort of falling away now
2: well and I love when you bring this up because it makes that sequence after Madonna disappears after singing Rain a little lackluster it's just mm. kind of there and, uh-huh. and it does feel, um, I, I love the, the clown because the clown kind of comes back and engages with the, it tries to connect with the dancers and has kind of a moment of celebratory joy with the dancers but it, it it doesn't quite do what it, i think it could have it feels like a missed opportunity
1: well it, it yeah it's the closest to the one interlude that i will watch but i only really like it because i love the music yeah, there i think gorgeous. it's so gorgeous. gorgeous i give that an a+++ so um, the
2: curtain goes down yep and then one the curta- is over and then the curtain goes up and uh, some voice one of many times a male voice says "I'm going to take you to a place you've never been before
1: Studio 54 here we go <laughs> I wanna talk about Studio fifty four and Madonna in a sense because she is just the generation like like she's like five seconds after Studio fifty four. Yeah. She you know, they're never I'm always like looking through those pictures of the you know, show up or clickbait or whatever online of like Studio Fifty Four. I'm like, what are these Madonna's gonna show up in? But she's actually not part of that world. No. It's a world that she actually loves and is sort of and in a way I think sometimes that she's Trying to channel that energy the same way. Do you know what I am saying? Well, she
2: doesn't. I mean, you know, she when when Confessions comes out, she yeah. talks about how important Saturday Night Fever was to her yes. and, and in her early years in Europe. I mean, she didn't have any connections to get into right. fifty four, right. and at the time, in the in the late seventies, early eighties, it, its moment had kind of passed, and it it was probably. Not so fabulous and lots more druggy, right, By right by that but point,
1: she's always it's her nostalgia for a thing that she didn't have. Do you know like what I mean? So many
2: of us have about
1: our our things yes.
2: we, we we watched but didn't see. Yes,
1: well, that's how I think a lot of us feel somewhat about Madonna or like an earlier time of Madonna. of Like we're gonna try to capture that thing. You yeah. know, she's trying to capture this feeling. So she so so this is her Studio Fifty Four homage.
2: She comes down
1: on a ball. Disco ball.
2: Disco ball hanging on to it. I don't think she's wired to it either. No, Did she's
1: you, just she, holding on. And,
2: and that's that I keep wait, I've watched it. <laughs> oh no, listen, this is important. So so everybody like like when 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 the, the topless dancer comes down the pole, she is hooked hooked. She's like rigged. Yeah. She's not just hanging there. So I keep looking for the wires where Madonna <laughs> is. I don't think she's she may be like harnessed she may be. in. I mean it's it hard just to imagine. She terrifies yes. me that Madonna. I was just like, just I'm like, just gonna ride it down, kids.
1: Yeah. It it looks like that, but you know, I think Probably because of like insurance. And, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. You know. But I keep
2: waiting for it. Well, so she comes down and she screams "G'day Australia!" and she's she says um, she says hello to in Japanese when she's in Japan. She she has a <laughs> right. hello New York major know.
1: costume change. <laughs>
2: major costume change. She has a blonde afro wig on. <laughs> she, she has a purple coat jacket.
1: Yeah, thing. yeah. Looking like a hoochie. She looks yeah. like a
2: streetwalker in Times Square. She's having
1: so much fun though.
2: Yes, and,
1: like you said before, this version of Express Yourself is phenomenal Amazing. A plus across the board. I have Amazing. nothing negative to say about this. In fact, I think it's better than the blonde ambition opening.
2: Well, why I think that, and I have this theory about this is she's settled into the show like the it, the the blonde ambition opening, it's always the first number, so there's a lot of like. Natural anxiety and stage fright and nervousness. And yeah, like, let's get it, let's shoot it out of the cannon. She's flying now. Yeah. So this can, she she seems so relaxed. She's so into it. Yeah. And it's the three of them doing this number together. Yes. And it's so great.
1: Well, yes. And they, as opposed to the opening of Blonde Ambition, which is really like tough um, and really like angular, this is like the live band she's singing it live oh yeah the harmonies like you said the three of them and even the staging of it when they're coming down the runway onto the thrust and they're really like doing those moves uh-huh. and it looks to me like this references Elvis to me it looks like Elvis at Vegas it looks like it yeah. looks like it's from another time like oh, yeah. in a way that's so thrilling and she the music is more fun it's like it's it's disco y you know what i mean it has more verve well, and, to it
2: and the girls get the girls get uh, opportunity to show their personalities yes. and they're playing characters and you can really see Madonna has an interaction with both of them as she kind of gives them advice yes. and sends them off into their reveries um, the one Caveat I will have is is I once played this is another thing I, when I was in my high school years I had this on, or not not high school when I was on my college years I had this on VHS obviously so we'd play it quite a bit we did a drinking game to this song how many t- we took a shot every time Nikki said. Go girl, oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) she says it every time. Every chorus, Uh, go girl, you go girl.
1: That's hilarious, you
2: diva baby.
1: (laughs) You know, I notice, and I'm wondering what you think of this. I feel like Madonna likes Nikki more than Donna.
2: Oh my god, yes, right? Hello, She, she
1: looks at Nikki a lot more than she looks at Donna. Sometimes she looks at Donna, and I think like she knows that Donna is really valuable to her, but she hates her. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> or like there's something weird between them. I mean, I know everybody knows this. this. is like part of the story of Madonna, but you can see it on stage in this show.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of of. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think Madonna's left is always her more natural turn and Nick, Nikki's always on the left. Yeah. So she always kinds of turns to the left. Donna's kind of always on the right. Donna's just not as fun as Nikki.
1: No, and there's a little comp- competition between them or something that's different. Like and sometimes Nikki, um, excuse me, uh, Donna will look at Madonna, and Madonna will miss it, and then Madonna will look at her later, and Nikki and Donna will miss it. Like they just sort of don't always like hit it together. Do you know what I mean?
2: Well, and the other the other thing I think is Nikki brings a very different quality to the vocals yeah. than Donna is there more to beef up Madonna? Yeah,
1: because she sounds you know like
2: she sounds the most like when Madonna. she
1: released her. Only a dream song. Yeah, it sounds like Madonna. It
2: does sound like Madonna. And um, and Nikki has this other thing. I also th- I always think of near the end of the show when Nikki carries Madonna out. That's uh-huh. a very and 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 Donna has to carry the coat. Yeah, that that's <laughs> kind of an endemic of their relationship. <laughs> Nikki gets to carry Madonna. Like Madonna's like, I trust you, Nikki Harris. Mm,
1: yeah, totally, Donna.
2: You can carry my coat. Right. I think it will be fine.
1: <laughs> Um, my favorite part of this song in this version is the bridge which I almost always never love but when they go do the bridge it sounds phenomenal through the end of the song and they really do the whole song which I don't think we get again well, i
2: like when they go down on their and you'll get back down on yes. his knees and she says pray to jesus
1: yes that's yes, my favorite part of yes, the song
2: yes yes because yes. it's just like and it feels like improv it feels very like they're just kind of doing it.
1: this is where i feel like they take the best of who's that girl of that whimsy and mm-hmm. it's really here playing really fully
2: To deeper and Omar gives them some kick. Give me some kick, baby. And then they start deeper and deeper. They get their feather boas out. You know it. And they go running all over the stage. Madonna's back and forth across the, oh, the She's gonna, She's working, feel, working. You know and it's a fabulous <laughs> Even when they don't want to hear about it.
1: The song is fantastic, and then as the song breaks down, after they do a whole giant dance number... They do
2: a whole giant dance number. Everyone has a different colored boa. It's Nikki get- sings,
1: It Takes Two.
2: It Takes Two to get... The- yeah, it's, <laughs> just, it's just great. And they go across the stage, and yes. they freeze, and huh. then they come back, huh. and, and yes. then they start the orgy.
1: The orgy. Her The afro is pulled off.
2: Right away. And, 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 so, is, and so is her top. Her top oh, is yeah, pulled yeah. Off too. And
1: it's pretty... I mean, they really... It looks pretty down and dirty... You know, um, you know what I mean. For staging, it's like. Well,
2: it's, I'm obsessed with the guy um, who's like nursing himself a Madonna. He, that's that same oh, yeah. Luca. That's that same dancer. Well,
1: earlier on, He's I don't like know if eating it's, him. Her butt. it's Right, I was, was going to say earlier it's on, it's like, like, like. And when I watched that this time, I was like, you know, Madonna is obsessed with her butt. We know this, and and she's still obsessed with it. She's. Um, For better and like, worse. I was like, I bet she likes to get her ass eaten. <laughs> oh my
2: god. <laughs> There are a lot of of close ups of her butt yes. in this. Yes, in this there tour. are in
1: almost all of her tours. There's close ups of her butt. She
2: has she has a moment with her. With she her
1: loves her butt and she <laughs> loves her butt being and, and
2: these dance <laughs> and these dance. I'm not even getting. But into who
1: doesn't, that. Mark?
2: Well, here's the thing. Um, Who does it? This is where the um, the filming of the concert video because there's all that overlap and they jump cut so yeah, quickly because yeah. I don't think they really want to show. Right. This is HBO right but now. But there looks
1: like there's some like you know simulated fucking going on. I guess.
2: I mean, it's it's a lot of rolling around.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would say like you know the only other time we have a moment like this where it feels like super dirty or. Uh, The idea of dirty isn't hung up, you know, which is which is sort of a a callback to this. But this is much more graphic. I feel like, I mean, they're on the floor rolling around with each other. Even that, just in itself, seems kind of wild.
2: Well, and and I remember hearing about that there was an a live orgy on stage, and then seeing it and being like, oh, this isn't so like. What's the like? Everyone's still
1: clothed. No one's no one's naked or anything. So it's
2: like. It, I mean I, I and it definitely it definitely has and I love the way that it kind of wraps up deeper and deeper.
1: Yes, I think it's perfect and how that builds us into why is it so hard, which yeah. comes right after it. So by the way, deeper and deep you know express yourself a plus deeper and deeper I gave an a I don't remember why I didn't give it an a plus, but there must be some reason and then we go into why is it so hard
2: which in this context, I think works brilliantly yes. I was shocked how much I loved this performance.
1: It made me love the song, where on the album, I didn't love the song as much. Yeah. It made me really feel the song and feel like... It's a really a great song for live performance. In fact, I wish you would do it more.
2: Well, and I love, there's this moment in it where um, right at the beginning of the song where the platform raises, so they've landed on that that rotating circle in the middle of the stage and then it rises about three feet in the air and it's her and two of the female dancers and then everybody else is kind of on the floor and they slowly get up and they all start reaching out. It's this beautiful imagery that Evokes a painting. I know there's a lot of like um, uh, art art references in these in these sequences, and it's just this beautiful number. Yep. And um, and then everybody kind of comes out onto the out onto the um, to the thrust and sings it, and they you know and Paul Peso comes out with his guitar, and they kind of do that back and forth dance. He and Madonna, which I think is so great. Yeah. And then the song ends with – and I was very – I I, I was watching it the other night and I was so moved. It ends with Carlton, Nikki, and Donna on either side of him kind of holding them and then Madonna, the four survivors from the Blonde Ambition tour – together again on stage, just the four of them. And then the curtain closes, leaving Madonna on stage alone. It was so beautiful. It was just a moment where I was like, oh God, I'd forgotten about that that little moment with the four of them.
1: I mean, I think that this section, the Studio 54 section, is the most successful section of the concert. And everything about it is really fluid and thoughtful and moving and honest and connected and
2: it incorporates old songs and new songs yeah. together and they work together in this scene Well just way. one
1: old song but falls right into place but yeah. it really contextualizes erotica or build you know it really it or replaces it yeah. in a really lovely way, and then I thought, and,
2: and deeper and deeper also doesn't feel like I'm playing my hit single. No, and I love that about it. Yeah. too. it doesn't feel like oh, we're gonna do the the hit song.
1: No, it just feels very organic. It's part of the, part come, of the whole. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it shows the it. lineage of it too. I think. Yeah, um, and then I think in this life is is a beautiful performance. I think it's. Um, you know, we've talked about this song. Like it's not none of our favorite songs, but I think she delivers it really beautifully. She's very simple. It's the first time in a long time I can think of her just sitting on the stage like that. Like I think the last time that she did that maybe was in who's that girl? Or was it in even in um the Virgin Tour when she sits down to sing Crazy for You? I don't know. Mm. Well no, she does she does live to tell. Yeah, but she doesn't like sit on the edge of the stage with nobody else there. It live to tell she... And
2: who's that girl? Oh, and who's
1: that girl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She
2: does it solo at at a mic in the middle of the stage. With
1: a lot of video behind her. Yeah. So this is like, there's just her. And I think this is that moment of the Madonna story with this album where it's like, it's gutsy to sing that song. She's singing it alone. She's singing the song overtly about AIDS, and she's just singing it straight to the audience. There's nothing else on top of it. It's just like, this is the truth.
2: What I love about the song is, well, the the at, at some point at the about halfway through, the clown shows up again. The Pirro oh, yeah. shows up on a on a a, a lovely white ladder. To, to watch Madonna do this song, yeah, which I think is really lovely, and um, she often looks to the to the heavens. I think she's singing to Chris and Martin Absolutely. too, and I think that that's what's so beautiful about it is it's it's reaching out to the audience and 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 trying to get her message across, and she's like singing to them.
1: Yeah, I I, I didn't give it an A plus because I felt like there was a a couple moments where vocally I felt like she could have been a little stronger.
2: Yeah. But, well, she's, she's singing for Broke on this tour.
1: Yeah. And this section in, in particular, she, it's all four in a row. She sings live. Yeah. I think actually she sings everything else live except for Justify My Love um, coming up, and Bye Bye Baby. She sings a lot of Bye Bye Baby live we'll on see. the tour. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. All right. um,
2: so she walks off the stage uh, to, to towel off and we get another interlude. This is probably the most famous of the interludes up to this point. Um, this is the Beast Within oh, yeah. mix. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's the version of, of Beast Within from the Justify My Love Maxi single. And it's about uh, the brutality of, of war mixed with homoerotic Lust and love,
1: just fast forwarded through it.
2: It's a great sequence. Uh, uh, two of the dancers are soldiers who are um in love. One of them dies and um, lies hanging on a, a net, and then the other one comes and fetches him, and then they mourn it. and it's about it's about retribution and love because you know, Madonna's speaking about the book of Revelations in the background, and it feels very much like you know we're we're dooming. Uh, same sex love, or what you know? It's it. We're we're in a war against all kinds of things, and one of those things is
1: <laughs> keep going, Mark. Keep going. Same
2: sex love. We have to survive. Other
1: people remember this section as the time they went to go get their drinks and snacks.
2: So bad, so
1: <laughs> shameful, so shameful.
2: I just remember being really like impressed that she did this. She put this into a show. This was the beginning of her big ideas. Yeah, that I I can use these interludes to pack in things and work in songs that I'm not necessarily going to do live
1: and showcase the dancers. You know, which I think is all cool. Yeah, but um, the curtain
2: goes down. The curtain goes back up. We have two chandeliers and we're in the cabaret section. And Madonna emerges from underneath in a uh, sitting on a a trunk, not unlike Miss Judy Garland in.
1: A Star is Born, Mm -hmm. but
2: dressed like Marlena Dietrich.
1: Yes, with a top hat and everything. Yes, yes. And And she performs... Like a Virgin.
0: Now, where did Like a Virgin, your
1: rendition of Like a Virgin, come from?
0: Well, I sort of have this thing that every time, since that was like one of the biggest records I ever had and people always associate that song with me, that I always want to do that in my show, but I always want to do a different uh, interpretation of it. So... Last time I did it, you know, it was a harem girl, you know, and I had... And the, and the uh, arrangement was very um, Middle Eastern. And the, this time I had a few ideas, and I ended up going with the uh, sort of homage to Marlene Dietrich with a bit of Maurice Chevalier thrown in there, just for good measure. I don't know, it just evolved. Actually, I was thinking of doing it, but I wasn't sure that I should do it. And then when I asked Gene Kelly... To come in and watch my show and see if he had any advice to give us or pointers or whatever i mean he he said he, he started talking to me about how he'd worked with Marlena dietrich once and she'd asked him to stage a show for her and he said you know you really must do a number um dressed as a man and in a tux and a, and a top hat and you, you really must you're the only person that, that can do that and, and so i had the idea but i wasn't sure and he kind of the courage to do it. I made it through the wilderness Somehow I made it through I didn't know how lost I was Hold I found you for
2: I don't think the audience realizes it's like a virgin until she sings like a virgin because they all like scream. yeah And it's kind of great and funny and weird and fabulous.
1: It is all of those things. <laughs> I like it as an I I like it like I remember when I saw it, I was like, Oh, that's fun, because in a way we'd already been through yeah. all the renditions of it. Watching it back, I did give it a B. Oh, okay. And I think, you know, I thought her vocals sound good, but yeah. I don't and the arrangement is interesting. Yeah. The interpretation is where I I'm sort of like I think this is, like I said, how I feel about almost all the hits that are in the show except for everybody. Yeah. Well, no, in La Isla Bonita and I'm Going Bananas, which I really love. Um, that they're too... I'm Going like, Bananas is a hit. <laughs> it is for me. Well, I, I can't wait to talk about this in a second. So, um, But um, I feel like... I didn't need this version is how I feel about the interpretation. Like I like it. I gave the costume is good, fine, whatever. Um, and then, you know, there's no real dancing and the visuals are kind of, I
2: disagree completely. I think that, that she's doing all kinds of stylistic moves and dances. She's doing, you know, it's, 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 it is Marlena Dietrich. It's also some of the Gene Kelly stuff. It's it's very like thirties, forties cabaret and showcasey. She does all these things with the stick. She's got that staff. She's playing that dance with the clown. The clown shows up in the trunk. Then he, you know, yeah, running around causing trouble. It's it's very it's it's like the it's like the Marx Brothers routine. Yeah, there's a lot more to it than I think. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think on paper it's a much more interesting performance than it is going through it. Um, But again, it's like, how is she going to reinterpret this song to make it fun for her? And I think she really relished the chance to do it this way.
1: Yeah, I, I like all of that about it. I just didn't know... I was like, you know, we never really hear that song again. Like, I mean, we hear it again. She does it all the In, time now right.
2: she's back doing it well
1: all the time what which tour she does, does she it, do it again
2: on? Uh, on confessions confessions is
1: a fantastic where she
2: rides the horse fantastic and then we get it again when she she performs it on the rebel heart tour
1: um, she also does it on mdna i think isn't that one? what's the one where she has the corset pulled and pulled and pulled i think that's mdna
2: yeah
1: um, and i like that performance which to me feels like the better version of this mm. You know, yeah. the more of sadder version. This isn't really about it being sad. It's sort of like cheeky. Or- it's
2: cheeky and fun. And she's, I mean, it, it's very much in the in the the tone of kind of the, this cabaret yes. vibe. Okay, that she's yes, trying yes, to yes.
1: Do. I think that maybe that's where I give it the B because I think actually the setting is wrong, meaning this is where it feels like if this had been part of the Madame X show... In oh. an intimate theater, it would have been amazing. Correct. But when I, mean, I think of it in a stadium, I think this is wrong.
2: Yes, yes, and it does. It I, I think it, if it, it. This is one of the songs that helps in the in the 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 recorded concert. Yes, yeah. because it's right up. You yeah, can we're see her closer. face. Yeah. you can see all yeah. of like what she's the doing with her. The play, you know. And there's a lot of subtle, like, action things she does with the with the cane. and Totally.
1: I mean, I wish, in a way, now that you're saying that, like, if there, of course, she didn't do this, but if she had made, like, little movies mm. and she had made this into a little movie on a soundstage, I think it would have been such a beautiful yeah. piece. Because there's also, like, some Charlie Chaplin she's playing yeah. with. And, you know, she's playing with all that cool stuff. But, yeah, so I do give it a B, though, because I think the, the setting is wrong.
2: Um, then she... um uh Kind of jumps into Bye Bye Baby, yeah, and uh, this is where it, it. This is the weirdest transition I think in the show.
1: The weirdest,
2: um, because basically we're getting what we saw um, earlier this year in the MTV Music Awards, which yep. we have talked about in the Bye Bye Baby episode. But um, this feels more lived in, I think, than that performance because they've yes. been now doing this a bunch of times and they're red. They've been doing it live, and she's
1: and, doing more of it live. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. And I and I like. I like it in in its kind of like it, it it's prolonging what like a virgin setup with this this kind of like masculine
1: Yes, yes, this exploration, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I like all that too, and I do think like, you know, as far as I gave this an A minus B plus because I felt like it's better than the album version. It's better than the MTV version. It's pretty fun. There's lots of good stuff in it, but it's in the wrong place in the show in a way. Cause she's like, we got dancing girls. We got dancing boys. I was like, we're literally an hour plus into the show. Like we, we don't need a welcome to the greatest show on earth moment. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like in a way I had this wondering if there was an original version of girly show set list that this was the second track, like that it was like, we went from erotica into bye-bye baby, but then it just didn't work, and so she kept that sort of weird talking part at the beginning of like, welcome to the... I know she's trying to rehype us.
2: I guess. I I I agree with you. It, it feels very weird. I also don't find the female dancers as interesting or fun they're not worthy of, i i think back to like the into the groove which would be around this same time in the show in blonde ambition mm-hmm. where the guys come out and yeah it's the three guys against the three girls yeah. and it that felt like it had more juice to it these three women i mean and they're beautiful dancers and uh, yeah, they're yeah. great in the show but they're just kind of like anonymous they're objects yeah in a way
1: In a way, like, I agree with you. There's something, it's just, and it is the only song in this section that's a new song. Mm. And I kind of wish that this had been something else. Do you know what I mean? That there had been another song here that would have, and maybe a classic. Like, maybe this whole section should have been older songs. Because...
2: Yeah, you know I, I'm I mean? just trying to think of what it would be. I mean, I know, would, I know. would waiting have gone No, here? I'm would saying this song yeah. not
1: from erotica.
2: Maybe, maybe I don't know. I mean, would into the groove? If I don't know, I don't no. know because because the other thing we're we're kind of painting ourselves into a corner because she would have had to reinterpret that song.
1: Well, maybe I wouldn't have minded it as much. Meaning, like it could have been an interesting. I don't know what it would have been, but uh, how
2: quickly you forget the deeper and deeper from reinvention. Be careful when a conception. <laughs> Concept <laughs> takes down one of our okay true, of our true hit songs. True, I still don't could want to be, talk about I'm it. I'm just thinking, like "Open Your Heart" as a cabaret number. I don't think I want to hear that.
1: Well, I mean, she moves from like a virgin cabaret to like pop, and then you know what I mean, dance pop. So I don't, I, I don't think it would have had to have been a massive thing, but it could have been like. Maybe open your heart would have been great here, or maybe she's tired of singing that, so she's not yeah. going to do it again.
2: Well, luckily we don't have much time to focus on bye but bye baby's short. She should have done pretender.
1: Short- no, no I'm oh no, my god.
2: <laughs> well, luckily we don't have to focus so much Causing- on bye bye baby's shortcomings because Doctor Alonzo is about to show up.
1: Oh no! <laughs> One of the most unexpected. Joys of this concert Is that I'm Going Bananas Gets a live performance
2: Returns from, from the studio I mean
1: <laughs> The moment I mean, I just am so happy that this exists and that she did it. I think it's fantastic.
2: It's great. It's great. Well, she, she and the girls kind of talk, they, they swear a lot, and they say they fuck women, and then they say fuck it. And this is where kind of the four-letter words in the show start to really, because mm-hmm. she starts swearing a lot during the next the, the rest of the show. Um, and then they do on thing.
0: Oh, no, way. no way! We don't cry for James, right?
3: Oh. They
0: don't know what they're talking about.
2: Clothing transition, which I love. I think it's great. Um, She's got to change. Um, there are a couple of times in her tours where she does something like this. You know, I think of like the song they make up in uh the uh drowned world tour. Oh yeah daddy song. Yeah. yeah. That that is similar to this. It's like, let's just sing something weird
0: so that yeah. we can get to well, the next thing. It's
1: not even that weird. It sort of fits in and it's also part yeah. of the cabaret. Totally, it's totally totally perfect, you know. Totally. And that's yeah. what I mean, like bye-bye baby seems so out of it like if it even went from like a virgin to I'm going bananas, which would have been a very, very strange transition. No, 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 no. She could have just talked in between. No, I want
2: another song. So I'm just trying to think. You know what would be good here? Would have been physical attraction would have been good before (gasps) I'm going bananas. Ooh,
1: I love that. All right, well, let's go back to 1992. (laughs) And hey, Chris Ciccone, knock, knock, knock. We can do our Bill and Ted's moment. Physical
2: attraction. <gasps> we is don't need physical? bye bye
1: baby. She never so did. So what if it? it's a
2: single? So what if it's a single? <laughs> um and then she jumps right into a fantastic version of La Isla Bonita. Yes.
1: To me the beginning of the understanding that La Isla Bonita is an opportunity to explore other things musically that yeah, becomes this jumping off point to go into the longer versions and really play with the sound and dance and really get to music.
2: Yeah. And we, and we're in the home stretch. Like this is where I think Madonna starts to really like, okay, we're coming up on the, the kind of home stretch of it. And I, um, and we, and I remember when I heard it, I'd forgot. I'd i missed it. I didn't realize I'd missed it on the Blonde Ambition tour. Yes, and I was like, "Oh, that other amazing song on yes. on True Blue. Oh, yes. we're back, and yes. I love it. Yes, yes. When yes. the boy, when the guys dance with her, oh, the sailors the dancing her blokes. Is
1: phenomenal.
2: So great. Yeah,
1: you know, I'm going bananas and Lysa Bonita. A plus. You yeah. know, nothing wrong. Perfect. Perfect. And she
2: and she does this song. The majority of the song she performs at a mic on a raised platform with Nikki and Dawn on the side. Like, it's just her on that platform doing it. Yeah,
1: Yeah. until they get to the dance number and then she she really goes for it. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous.
2: The audience and makes a bad joke about needing to go on vacation
1: yeah well that's her sort of that's her thesis for this next thing that's about to happen
2: and then she runs off the stage while um an american flag drops and some military music starts yeah and kenny and kenny slides into a deep funk
1: This is one of the lowest grades I've given I'm gonna give on the tour. There's one more.
2: And I'm kind of shocked by this. Really? I am. I am. I love this version of holiday. Explain. Um I think it I think it it really captures a a different side of the song. I think it shows the dancer, everybody's dancing really well in this. There's a, there's a, uh, there is a freneticness to it that I think is uncomfortable. Like they seem to be like really like trying to make it into something. Um yes. and I kind of like the military because the thing about this show that everyone forgets is Madonna spends a lot of it c- like covered up. She's in costume. She's playing roles, and this is another role. And she's always kind of been a militaristic like leader on these tours. And I like that she's embracing that role and really, like, owning
1: it. Company, oh. No, I love company dance. Company oh. dance! It's the worst. This is terrible. <laughs> this is a terrible, terrible, terrible thing she has done to the song in this time. She never does anything like this again. Correctly so, because... Yes, I get the whole idea. I get. She even talks about like, oh, you know, I, everybody who knows me knows I'm a control freak, and I can never really take a vacation. Even a vacation has to be planned. Blah blah blah. Ironically, my biggest song is "Holiday," right? Which so is all about that. So I thought I'd be the general patent and show who I really am. I'm like, great, Madonna, make a song about that, but don't take "Holiday," which is a light, fun, dance song, a celebration, and turn it into this militaristic experience that felt to me almost accidentally like super pro america like it felt like it was like a, a ad for america in a weird a, a way a country she
2: didn't want to perform in the whole to- like originally she didn't even want to do any dates in in the US but the demand was so high she had to add some dates
1: yeah I mean I just I think it's such a and it, and and if you look at it again in the context of this
2: that's cabaret
1: section Yeah that's interesting. It's really weird. I gave it a C minus.
2: Well it's an abrupt Shift from the cabaret section, and it, and the cabaret. But it is
1: part of the cabaret section.
2: And um and I agree with you. I think the um uh, you know I I watched it and go oh my god that American flag is so big. I wonder what the American Life Madonna would think of this moment. <laughs> well, which it's is just, not that far. It's like ten years from now she's going to be doing American Life and
1: yeah, all right. of
2: that anti-American right. stuff. Totally, that's, that's really interesting. So. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird version of it.
1: I think it's... It's a, an
2: oddity. It's an oddity version of it.
1: Yeah. Again, this is like where I felt feel like, you know, I blame Christopher. Oh. <laughs> I, knew, I knew we would be back there to that score. <laughs> you, you, I, I think as we go on, you, well, I've said this already. Like I always, you know, anything I don't like that, that, like is that happens? I blame on whoever the man was at the time. Oh, I blame with. it on her family. Their family—it's always the family's fault. It's either family or it's Guy Ritchie. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I always blame Guy Ritchie for anything that happens <laughs> in
2: the in the in the aughts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a dark time.
1: I mean, a lot when, of bad choices. There's, but there's a lot of good choices. But the bad ones, I'm like are really bad. Like yeah. Guy Ritchie made that. Um, I blame him in the sense of like you know because here we are. This is really you know we've only had three classics or four classic songs they've all been almost all of them have been high concept yeah and this concept and the next one coming up too is is a a really problematic high concept for me too of like it seems like these ideas that weren't really thought through enough for me like this is a really weird it's just really weird
2: well Here's what I'll say about it. I don't think it it reaches the catharsis that it feels like it needs to because right. she stops during it and does that millet melod- like I don't know. And I've been told
1: oh, the beginning which, of Batuka,
2: which, <laughs> which of to- oh, Batuka? It's a
1: call, it, 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 it's that's a call the call and response. Batuka <laughs>
2: or Batuka. <laughs> Wait till <laughs> we get
1: to Batuka.
2: Um, but I, you know, uh, that's a moment in the show where I'm like oh, the air. I can feel the air going out of it because yeah. she just has spent the last four and a half minutes with the, with everybody building it and it's been building and then, you know, it's like it hit me one time, and hit me two times and hit me like you mean it and then they kind of all rush down and then they stop. speaking section, which in other cities, I'm assuming it was not as concise, like she talked and you know, and then they kind of end the song and she has to be dragged off the stage a la James Brown.
1: That part I think is really funny. Yeah. Because technically... They're presenting this as the end of the show, yeah. And so she's like, "I don't want to go." And she, you know, she does the whole chamber, and in the three way that, times. yeah, it's three, it's pretty three funny. Three fake
2: outs. It's pretty fake funny,
1: outs. and the way that that she does that one move where she like
2: crawls on the ground, yeah, yeah,
1: is hilarious. And she like
2: throws Nikki at one point. Yes, like Nikki yes, goes Nikki goes to the ground. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. I love that.
1: Yeah, I love all of that too. I love the ending of it. I agree, the sort of chaos and fun of it, and the sort and, of like, the, and the, the girls that she beat up in causing a commotion have now been able
2: to overpower her and drag her right, off the they stage, finally get her. Which they is, her. I like. I like yeah.
1: that. Well, because she doesn't know what's going on.
2: I'm sorry. I'm. So, she keeps saying, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think that's to you, Kenny. I'm sorry for this number. I'm sorry, Kenny.
1: I'd like to think it's so. I accept your apology, but I never want to see it again.
2: So, the music ends, the curtain falls, but the lights don't go up.
1: Because we know.
2: We have more to come.
1: Yeah. Now, yeah, Because she's done an encore before, so we know that there's one coming. Yeah, there's two encores. Well, we we don't know that.
2: Yeah, yeah. So she does. um, She she comes out in Victorian dress, uh, knockoffs from the uh, My Fair Lady uh, Covent Garden scene, and uh, she and everybody do a very high concept version of Justify My Love.
1: We're now in the fourth section, which is technically called encore, but I would call just like whatever I want to do now. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> what do we have lying around backstage? Let's get dressed up.
1: I mean, I don't know, Mark. Like, I gave this a D.
2: Well, here, okay, so a few... <laughs> pro- <laughs> First of all, I do think the costume... For, so, Justify My Love, she lip syncs Justify My Love in this kind of, like, fashion show dance thing. There is that moment when Well, I have a few things to say. First of all, I think the costumes are incredible. Agree. And I love Madonna oh. in the eye patch. The eye patch has arrived. And
1: the and the the, the binoculars or glasses come back the to The binoculars are or here. Or not binoculars, but
2: the the eye the eye the opera glasses. Yeah, the opera glasses. Um and I love and and she's wearing a hat. Yes. Which is, you know, I've oh. always. I have friends. We always like. Oh, it's always a problem when Madonna's wearing a hat. <laughs> and this is this is a tour that's had a lot of hats. It has. She had a top hat in earlier.
1: Can we just stop for one second and say the costumes across the board? Yes. Dolce and Gabbana. Congratulations, phenomenal.
2: And bonus to that small dancer who has to wear that heavy white whole regalia garb. She is the MVP oh, of the whole. Yeah. And she has like eyeglasses on. Ugh. She that costume is so much. Yeah. And I'm always like this. <laughs> Poor woman.
1: No, this this is another... Yeah, go on, go on. No, this is, I,
2: I just wanted to shout her out yeah. because she has the most elaborate costume.
1: I would honestly say, like, I can't think of a show that the costumes are more fabulous for. Yeah. Like, And I would and go And constantly see, surprising
2: yeah. you. They're constantly surprising you in the show.
1: I think that this costume design deserves an exhibit. Oh. Like, I think the costumes are really, really interesting.
2: I'm sure Dolce and Gabon have... have, have displayed some of the, the, the Justify my love costumes, I'm sure. Okay well have they're to, stunning.
1: Yeah yeah I'm going to look around and see because I just think I think what,
2: what traps this song is the concept of them kind of posing and they build so much of it onto the walkway that they have it's a lot of like pacing. And that's part of the staticness of it because they don't have a lot of places to
1: go. Well, yes. I think that the staticness, especially in the first part, but then what happens in the second half? Well,
2: uh, well, for, we have to talk about when she's in front of the drop and they're doing all that dance. Oh, yes. <laughs> Thank you. What's
1: happening? Well, well, it's a why failed, is that it's happening? It's a failed image because they bring out the, they bring out the, the curtain or the, the big piece of fabric to try to create some kind of, You know, shadow image behind, but the curtain doesn't quite work, so all you just see is a big mess of
2: bodies. Nothing,
1: but you don't even really see the bodies. It's just like a clump. Yeah. Um. And I don't. And I think it's an image again. This is another moment where I feel like if I had seen her do this in, say, the Madame X tour venue, I think I would have been like, "Whoa, this was so theatrical and interesting." I think as As well, it's not a concert. It's not a stadium performance, and it feels
2: very small because it doesn't stretch all the way across the stage. It's a whole thing.
1: It's weird, and I think the, again, the lip syncing with this song, I think it's wrong. Like, I feel like if she had, if she wanted, she should have done for me "Justify My Love" somewhere in the Studio Fifty Four section.
2: Oh,
3: okay.
1: Like maybe after "Deeper and Deeper." You know, after the orgy, instead had, of why is it so hard? No, going to going to why is it so hard after that? If you want to,
2: I think that would have been a lot, actually.
1: Well, obviously she agreed, but so she puts it here as the encore yeah. number one.
2: Well, it's it's a huge hit for her, and she hasn't done it yet.
1: True. And then there's the second section of which the song. I love. It's
2: my favorite thing in the song is when is when they start doing the hand clapping and it's justify. A bit, and it's and very grease born to hand jive baby, which yeah. she loves. She loves grease and she and, loves hand jive. And she she kind of does. And they do a dance, and that that kind of gets the song. Go, and she's live now. She,
1: yeah, the mo, the vocals have been turned on. Her microphone has been turned <laughs> back on. Oh my god. Well, it, you know, that's what they do. They turn it down and then they turn it up because she's probably talking through the whole thing. She's probably actually saying all the words, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I don't get it. I don't know why it's happening. I don't know how what it has to do with this Victorian world we've been in. I don't know why we have this orchestration. I don't know what we're supposed to get from this. It doesn't give me They're the They're yearning
2: to break out of their Victorian societal confines. Okay, but it gives celebrate me celebrate hedonism. It,
1: it, I don't get the song on either end, meaning I don't get it. I get we get this the cool remix version, the one I love, which is the orbit remixes, which they use yeah. on stage. But I don't get the vibe of the song. And then when they go live, I don't get the song at all. We get like a whole other thing that is like nothing to do with anything and doesn't take me anywhere. Yeah. And doesn't do you know what I mean?
2: No, I, I get it. I get it. And and again It's the
1: fucking encore. I
2: think <laughs> I think oh my god. I think we should call Chris Ciccone and blame him for this. Well I do
1: blame him. This
2: is one of those where it's D. like we have to do something different. We have to do something di- you gave it a D? Yeah. Oh Kenny, gosh.
1: A C minus slash D. I mean if wow. I can I can go up to the C minus, but I if-
2: think you should go for the C minus because of the
1: costumes. I think that the C the D is because the costumes were an A and balanced the rest of it out. But no, I'll give it the C minus. I'll give it the C minus. Thank you,
2: thank you, thank you. I have to tell you. Well, clearly there. she's not happy either because she won't do it ever again. It's because of this, right? I just don't think there's a way to do this song interestingly without without there being some kind of other concept. Like it, it's not a dance song. It's not a song that right. like she can stand still and do. Agreed. So it, it, you know, you've got this kind of weird thing about it. Yeah. So the song ends, and they kind of all walk off the stage really, 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 really
1: slowly. Uh huh.
2: And um, and then she kind of looks back at us, and the audience goes crazy again.
1: And then, oh yeah, such a weird again a moment. If I like, because there's that weird music that comes in. It's sort of like you know music for like a a, a film, yeah. And it seems like again, like we're in a some horror movie, weird. a suspense movie. You know, she talks about loving um, Orlando, so I can't help but think that there's some mm, kind of probably. To. Oh yeah. um, but it's like this weird moment that again, if it had been in a small theater, I would have been like, "That's so weird," yeah. but I love it. On the stadium, I'm like, that's not what I need is the encore.
2: Okay. I get that. I get that. And I and I and I see the parallels of it. And I do wonder sometimes, like I, I think of the performance of Frozen in the Madame X tour with with as superimposed. I think of that and I wonder how that would have looked in a big stadium.
1: I actually in think that, that, that would way. have looked amazing though, because in that a big visual stadium. the yeah. visual and her being morphed by that you know, is so beautiful and yeah. perfect. And, yeah. Um I mean I think that's that is sort of, you know, frozen, that's one of the greatest things she's ever done on stage, I think.
2: Well, and I what I think this is more akin to if we're gonna go by Madame X, the it's akin to the uh the Crave version with all the costumes again. <laughs> this feels like that the cost they were counting on the costumes to
1: Give us something. Give us something. Yeah, it's like they got tired by this point, and they were (laughs) like, "God, (laughs) sorry, I'm." Madonna's
2: Madonna's not tired. Madonna's ready to do one more big number.
1: Hell yeah, she is. So
2: the um, the piano starts back up. Everyone's left the stage again, and some
1: people have left the audience because you can see people. Yeah, I see people
2: in the white. (laughs) Yeah, those people in the white coats they leave. And um, but you know who's not left? Our friend Will from uh, from our podcast, he pointed out that young woman that literally looks like she just came from her office to come see the show. <laughs> yes. And you see her in the Fever and, and Vogue footage. You see her just partying it up down front. You know she shaved, saved her <laughs> shekels, and came from the <laughs> office. She looks like, you know... She, she did some typing and she's here at the Madonna show tonight oh um, so they've left uh, half the audience has left and then the piano starts back up the keyboards start up yes and the lights come in and the Perot, the Pirro clown is around. Yeah. Mickey and Donna are in the isolated areas singing along. Ooh. And
1: then Madonna
2: comes in in a fabulous weird yellow jersey. I've never a, seen that it's a color.
1: Football, it's a football jersey she's in for an Australian football team.
2: Oh, did she, did she change the jerseys or rugby. every
1: um, I think it was special for Australia
2: I think she wore something Michigan-y in, Oh, in, okay, yeah, in, so she probably took show, something, yeah, yeah. Now that I think about it yeah. So she did, and she comes out And she brings us back to the beginning Yep And she sings uh, a little bit of Everybody is a Star
1: Yep, By. the Family and
2: the Family Stone And then she starts Everybody And
1: it is Phenomenal A plus A plus. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that show. That that is like, it's the greatest moment of her using the live band, yes. and yeah. that they're really, they're
2: all together and they're interacting with the band. There's a moment when Donna jumps up on the on the drum platform during the drummer solo, and it, it, it everybody feels like a fan. I would like to introduce my family to you.
1: Yes, and when she gives the girls the time to sing and they get that really great, you know, 16 bars. And she gives everybody a highlight. It's just gorgeous.
2: The dancers show us what you got.
1: Yeah. And I know, obviously, it's all choreographed, but it doesn't feel choreographed at all. It feels like... I think this is when she was saying, like, oh, I want to do an album, a live album. I want to do an album with a band. Like, this is what she's talking about because she has this interplay that she doesn't get to have. I mean, I can't think of another time... Maybe you can, where she's so connected to the band on stage for the rest of her career.
2: Pretty Patuka, much
1: Patuka. Patuka maybe. Well, but...
2: yeah. Well, I was thinking Madame X because the band some of the band is on stage for some of it and she does interact. It's the only other time she interacts with the band, maybe a little bit during confessions, but I don't even remember it being anything genuine. Yeah. Um yeah. It you know it, it's just it, it it's a great performance because you can and and this is where I'm I'm always kind of like well Madonna yes yeah, she was defensive around this time she was clearly felt under siege but this song doesn't show any of that this is just her escaping into the song that she loves and knows and yeah
1: dancing yeah up it's so great thing. it's so great it's so great it's a beautiful ending to the show. And a, a really, like what I want in a finale, you know what I mean? Like, well, and, and
2: it- I think it reminds everybody, and I think it also helped Madonna remind herself that with everything that had gone on the last few years, that it really always should come back to those, to the songs, and to the music, and to dancing, and to that original. Like, this is why you loved me in the first place. To clear all the clutter and all of the bad mood. You know, I mean, you know, because this is right around, I mean, Dangerous Games had opened to horrible reviews. Body of Evidence had had a horrible reception. The backlash against the sex book was in full throttle. Um,
1: sales were down.
2: Sales okay. were down. The, though the tour sold like gangbusters. Huge. Huge. Um, and and you know, and erotica wasn't a number. Didn't have a number one hit, and didn't make number one as an album. She, she's rattled. And I, but at the end of the day, all of that doesn't matter because here is a moment where this is why you love me in the first place. This is why we have this bond between us is because of this. Yep. And the joy that I can bring... To, you give to me and I give to you. Yeah. And that's in full... Full-fledged here. Absolutely. And sadly, like, the end... Sadly, the last thing in the show is 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 kind of the... Is also one of the things that I think makes this less than a perfect concert. Um, we get the clown comes back out to do a last little dance. Yeah. Right right when the right when the show ends and Madonna's bid us good night and she takes her last bow. The the circus music starts right back up so the audience knows not to leave yet. And the clown the Piro clown comes out, does a little dance and then pulls off the mask and it's Madonna it's been Madonna the whole time. Right. And then she sings "Everybody Is a Star" one more time, and then
1: gives us this weird look that she obviously has practiced, where she like puts her head down and and winks. She winks at us, yeah. And then the curtain falls, and I'm like, okay,
2: it's so weird. And it's and it and (laughs) but I think this is what you're talking about throughout the show. It that this is a moment where she, I think, she feels trapped by the concepts that they attached. And she had to do something like yeah this she had to, to finish
1: it yeah yeah finish the gesture. I just think yes I think this, these are the things where again I blame Christopher for not actually being like you know if they'd had Poor a better is. a better like I think all of the ideas in the show are cool and I think if there had been a third person who had helped shape the, the concepts whole concepts a little yeah. more yeah. I think actually it could have been a lot. Clear and they would have known how to use that character in a different way you know she's obsessed with clowns Yeah, and we know that you know she comes back to them tears of a clown you know she she's very interested in this sort of sense of mask she sings about it in the next in the next album it's the you know for her you know next big real number one it's really about you know this performative sense of like you know, who am I to you on the outside? What mask do I have on? What happens when I take the mask off and the lights go out? The masquerade is getting a yeah. old now. Yeah, So she's definitely, it's something that's important to her, but I don't feel like it, totally lands for this show
2: well and i i just in looking back at it i think to myself i mean my younger self was so blown away by the creativity and the diversity and the reinvention of the songs yeah um because i'd never seen anybody do anything like that um in concert or or even know of anybody doing it i mean i always kind of was raised on um you know the 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 musicians my parents loved they just did their hits because that's what everyone wanted to hear like they heard them yeah. and so for madonna to be so challenging and but now looking at it madonna would never end a concert this way she would right. she, i mean she rarely says thank you at the end at the end of the night now
1: even yeah it's so it's it isn't i mean i think you're right i think you know um In a way, like if I break it down and I do all these grades, you know, it ends up being like a B plus A minus when I'm actually, or even a B. But I think really the show is an A. The adventurousness of it, the way she's taking risks at this moment, and I will say she gets extra points because, like you said, I think there is a very possible world where this is the end. Like there Mm. may not be another big tour because things are weird. Yeah, and. She is going down. Like, if she's like, if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down, you know, everything ablazing, giving it my all, putting it all out there, doing whatever the fuck I want. Because I don't think there's anything in the show that's there to please anybody. Except no, her. no, 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 no. And that's and, pretty interesting. Yeah,
2: and 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 it's and, and it's an interesting. The tour has a very interesting life to it now. So many fans. This is the one they wish they had seen because of their love of erotica. Yeah, and the fact that we never get with the exception really of Deeper and Deeper, we don't see any of these songs really much ever again, of the the new songs. We don't see them ever again. We're never going to get... I'm convinced we'll never get Rain or Fever or Erotic in its original version again. And um, so I feel like there's that. I also, there was that interesting... um, Book that came out the year after there was a, a, a photo book which was part of the the sex deal that Madonna did where she she had two she had a two book deal with Warner Brother Books and one of them was the sex book and the other one was the um the the photo book of um the girly show and was all the images and everything and it included a that little EP and she wore she what she said was. When I finished the Blonde Ambition tour, I swore on my life that I would never even think of going on tour again as long as I lived. I was spent, I was exhausted, I was sick of traveling, I wanted stability. So I threw myself into making movies, recording a new album, and I also put out a book called Sex so much for stability. Needless to say, as rewarding as all those, these creative endeavors were to me, they could not take the place of live performing. Theater is my life, or is my life theater? I'm not sure, and it really doesn't matter. Being on stage is where I feel most alive, and it's where I've put, I'm have put. i able to pull all of my crea- creative energies into one outlet. It's the only place where I can combine all of my influences and all of my inspirations into one living, breathing animal. The stage is the only environment where cubist painting, burlesque flamenco dancing and the circus can live together under one cozy roof taking the adventure one step further is to play in front of a different audience every night dealing with different cultures different expectations different ways of expressing pleasure and bewilderment this to me is the ultimate thrill the ultimate risk and i love taking risks you may have heard that about me there's no way this book could truly recapture the excitement of the girly show but it comes pretty damn close by the way, if you ever hear me say I'm never going on tour again, don't believe me. <laughs> and I think that that's also part of the tour's mythology is it was such an experience for her that it kept her feet in the game. It reminded her of all the things she loved about touring so that when she was ready to do it again, and again, we, we wait seven, seven eight years now between tours, and it and Eight years doesn't today doesn't feel like it's very long, but at the time it was like Madonna's never touring again. Oh, my God. But I feel like she learned to start just putting little things into notebooks and just saving up because she's like, I'm going to want all of this stuff when I decide to do this again. And she found a way of working on the girly show that I think she still approaches the shows now in this weird, interesting way. And... For all of its highs and lows, and I do think there are a lot of highs and lows to the girly show, this is the one that feels like if Madonna had done a Broadway show... Yeah. It would have been something like
1: this. No, yeah. That's what I mean when I say this is the mother to Madame X. This is this is the closest she got to articulating that. You know, because I think but when we get to Drown World, it's like she's playing to a large space. She knows she's doing the big images and um she's very thoughtful about that. But this feels to me like, yeah, it is a performance piece. Um and again, if it had been in that context of being in a 1500 seat theater. Or even smaller, you know. I think a lot of the concepts that I don't feel like work for me in the larger sense could have worked for me there. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but I, 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 think what she says about the tour is exactly why I have to sort of curve the grave again, the grade, the grave. It's exactly why I have to curve the grade of the concert overall because I think the intention is yeah. is worth a lot, like. There's an earnestness to the desire to stretch and to push, which is part of this whole section and part of, you know, why this is the end of our season. Meaning, she pushes things all the way to the to the very edge. I mean, she's in a pretty dangerous moment in her career because yeah. of all of this in an exciting way but also a really scary way. And it is right after this that she's like, I need to take some time off. I need to breathe. I need to shift the way that I've been working because I've been crazy I've been crazed. You know? Yeah. And yeah. this is sort of the end of that. And she's like, well, if the world hates me, if the world is gonna destroy me, I'm going out, fuck you, here I go, you know, and
2: on my on my terms on and my in, terms. in my way. And I think I love that we're back at the beginning with everybody because it, it, it does... We're at a, at a place in Madonna's career where she's at a fork in the road. Yep. And the next few years are going to be a lot of change and a lot of doing f- uh, both by design and by necessity, having to do things differently. And I think having to kind of go back and perform everybody every night again at the end of a long complicated difficult show really kind of harkens her back home so that at the end of that last show she's able to say you know I did well this year in 1993 I'm ready to end the year start a new page hang out in Miami more and yep. just and and find new inspirations make some new friends get some new creative stuff happening which, you know, we'll see how that all serves her in the coming years. But at this moment, it's kind of a thrilling place for her to be and a place of kind of unknown. Because we don't know what's lined up. Like, there's no announcements. There's no... We don't know what Madonna's going to do. Like She doesn't have eight movies in the hopper ready to go. She's, she's kind of like, okay, let's, t- let's stop.
1: Yep. And Unlike Madonna, though, we sort of know it's coming up for us. We're going to take a little break.
2: We are going to take a tiny break.
1: A tiny break. And then we're going to come back with season three, which we have lots of ideas for already. What a great
2: season this has been. Oh. I can't believe it's been only five years of Madonna
1: life. Mark, it's been a journey. I mean, I just want to yeah. reflect on this for a second because we've really, you know... We started this season in the height of the pandemic yeah. and it was really challenging for us to figure out how to make it work and what was going to work for us. And also both, you know, the bookends of this season, um, like a prayer and erotica for both of us are really deeply personal experiences. And um, and it's been hard to navigate in a, in a good way for us to think it sensitive, you know. With sensitivity about what we both need out of this experience, also why we're doing this, what we yeah. need from each other. Yeah. And like also to really revisit this time, I don't think is nostalgia. No. It's really like discovery. And it's been really thrilling and very moving. I feel changed from this experience of this this season.
2: And and I I also feel like we've had I agree with everything you just said. Um, And I'm also so buoyed by um, so many of our listeners and the people that have have reached out to us uh, to uh, correct us, to celebrate us, to um, add more fuel and facts to the fire. Um, Just to know we have so many engaged listeners means so much to us. And I know and I've heard we've heard from so many of you who have felt such a connection to the podcast through the pandemic Um, Just like it's been for us such a kind of like a a thread to kind of hold on to as we kind of move through these months of isolation and confusion and um, scary times. Um, But we're doing it all together. And um, it it just has meant the world to us that um, we've been able to get through it together. And we've helped in some small way all of you to get through it. And we're all in this together as we always are. Um, so, just thank you, all of those people. Our
1: sisters, my sisters, and me. My sisters and me. <laughs> That's terrible.
2: <laughs> um, agreed Brothers and agreed. sisters, they've always been there for me. Mm. We have a connection. Home is where the heart should be.
1: That's Madonna's track That is one of my highlights though from season 2 Is just you singing Keep It Together (laughs) The end of the Blonde Ambition tour Um, I will never forget Um, And I'm guessing a turning point For some of our audience who may have left At that point or leaned in
2: Leaned in (laughs) Um, right. well we're gonna leave We're we're going to um, We're going to uh, um, We're going to leave it At that Until next time. Bye. This is
1: Mark. And this is Kenny.
2: And this is All I Want to Do is Talk About You. We have been so lucky to hear from so many of our listeners about Madonna, about their lives, about different albums, different videos, some fashion questions. Uh, we wanted to open up um, and uh, we will be answering some questions um, if you want to ask them. So go to our Instagram page. It is All I Want to Do. Two is uh, the number two is talk about Madonna. On Instagram and slide into our DMs and ask us a question, and we will answer it on an upcoming episode. To be clear, questions about Madonna, exactly, or or Madonna adjacent topics.
1: Yes, you can also ask about Mark's love life.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There will be some short answers. Mm. Till next time, bye. Ask us questions.
3: Are you going to settle down one day? I will try to why can't I have a baby in my I'm just going to pop it right out. <laughs> Thanks, for I'm looking forward to coming down to Australia and I hope you don't have the baby there. <laughs> I wish they could do it like a kangaroo. You know, they can jump around and like carry the baby at the same time. Okay, we better stand there. And there. Okay. <laughs> oh, well. See, nothing's changed. Yeah, you (laughs) have changed. I have not changed.